Repent. You wretched sinners. Repent. If you die today without Jesus, you will spend eternity in the lake of fire. Turn from your wicked ways, sinners. Welcome to Countryside. I know for some of you that may have brought a friend, you're thinking, not today, Pastor Glenn. We're in week two of a series that we've entitled Share the Flame. And we wanna talk about how to be an effective witness for Jesus Christ. You can feel it in worship. Worship Wednesday, the fire of God was in this place. And the fire of God is within followers of Jesus Christ that are committed to him and as we see the flame that's burning in us, it's a flame that we can't hide. It's a flame that we can't put out. It's a flame that's meant for us to share. But the key is how to be an effective witness for Jesus Christ. After my little bullhorn se segment there, how many are ready to accept Jesus with that? I know a lot of you are like, whoa, this is different. Remember, it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the kindness of God that compels people to come and to serve him and come to know him. You see, there's truth. And sometimes we get, you need to preach hard truth to people. But listen, look at the example that Jesus gave to us. You know, the only time that Jesus got fired up and was upset and was kind of strong and yelling at people, he was yelling at the religious people for being hypocrites. But when the sinner was lost, broken, being judged, you know what he would do? He would look at a crowd and say, he who is without sin cast the first stone. He would reach out with a hand of love and care and restoration and healing and grace and love and restore that person to a place of righteousness. And then he would say, now go and sin no more. You see, Jesus led with the example of truth and grace. He led with the example of truth that is bathed with love. It's, an, it's so important for us as believers to share the faith that God has brought in our lives with the people that are around us. Some people, they think, what am I gonna do? How do I do this? You know what? What we need to do is just be obedient to God. When he gives you a word, he gives you something to say, he gives you maybe, how many of you got the cards that we gave last week out? First service, I wanna commend you. <laughs> You're so faithful this first service. So I know Pastor Andrew shared, we've got plenty of cards. <laughs> we have 10,000 of them. And after first service, we had zero. So for those that don't know what I'm talking about, what we are doing is we're 
putting strategically in places or to people to let them know there is hope. In a world that is hopeless, in a world that's broken, in a world that's lost and hungry and seeking, we can give them a moment and say, there's hope. Hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And with these hope cards, it says on one side there is hope, the other, you're not alone, you are loved, you matter, you're valuable, you have a purpose. You know what, there's people that just need to know in the moment, right then, that they matter. A few weeks ago, I had someone come up to me and they go, you don't realize, but there was a visitor here about a month ago. They came in and they were lost and they were in a desperate place. And later that week, they committed suicide. Horrible, but you never know when you walk into a room like this, what people are going through, what people are hurting. You never know when you're walking around your community or you're in a grocery store and you run into someone and God puts something on your heart to say, to be obedient and say, there's hope, you're valuable. God created you with a purpose God created you with a plan. People know that. In fact, this week, uh, my wife had someone in the congregation. They, they wrote her a text and said, hey, I was in Marshall's. And I went to Marshall's restroom, and this is what I found on the bathroom stall. Look at that. I don't know about you, but if I go into a public bathroom... Sometimes I need to know that there is hope, <laughs> amen? There's too many undercover Christians out there. There's too many people that are like, oh yeah, my, my, my relationship with Jesus, it's a personal thing. It's a private thing. It's, it's just a special thing between me and Jesus. Listen, that's what's so incredible about Jesus Christ. He is incredibly personal. He loves you personally. He loves you intimately. He has a plan for your life as an individual. But our relationship with Christ was never meant to be a private relationship. It's meant to be a relationship that we share so freely. How many are married in here? A lot of you. How many married men are in here? Now, what if you're a married man and you walk around and you're like, yeah, Take off my ring when I'm in public. You know, my, my marriage is, is a private thing. It's between just me and my spouse. I don't want to tell anybody I'm married. It's just a private thing. I don't want anybody to know that I'm married. Listen, if that's you, there's something wrong with you. Listen, that's why I talk about my wife. I am so blessed in my relationship with my spouse. I want everybody to know it. I married a smoking hot wife and she is all mine. I want people to know that. She's mine. And I'm gonna shout it from the rooftops. Elaine Davis is mine. But yet in our, our relationship with Christ, the most important relationship that any of us have, we want it to be quiet. Listen, there's a quote from C.S. Lewis here. And it says, when the modern world says to us aloud, you may be religious when you are alone. 
It adds under its breath, and I will see to it that you are never alone. To make Christianity a private affair while banishing all privacy is to relegate it to the rainbow's end. The world's putting pressure on you. Don't, don't talk about your relationship with Jesus. You're, oh, you're, you're so narrow-minded. You, you keep that to yourself, that's private. And then what they do is they say, but I'm gonna keep you so busy that you can't have time for that private, intimate relationship because that's what the world does. The world wants to separate us from God. The world wants to keep us so busy that we don't have time for God. I'm telling you today, church, the flame that's inside of you, it's not meant to be dimmed. It's not meant to be hid under a bowl. It's meant to be shared with others because it's a flame that will turn into a bonfire for Jesus Christ. And it's gonna happen through you, the church of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter five, the Bible describes it as that we are a, a city on a hill, that we are the light of the world. Now, who he's talking to in Matthew chapter five, he's not talking to religious people. He's talking to the blind. He's talking to the lame that he just healed. He's talking to the broken, the lost, the people that desperately need Jesus. And he saves them and says, now, you, the blind, the lame, the lepers, the rejects from religion, you are the light of the world. How many have been broken in your life? Am I the only one? I am the light of the world. You, church, are the light of the world, and there are people in your life that only you will be able to reach. You know that crazy relative? I can't reach them. But when you are obedient to God with just the little things that he says for you to do, one act of kindness in the right moment will turn a heart that is so hard into a heart of flesh, and it will happen through the gift that is inside of each one of you. First Peter chapter three, verse 15, it says, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always, everyone say always, always be ready to explain it, but do so with gentleness and respect. Church, we have the good news. Jesus came to a lost and a dying world to set sinners free, to have an intimate relationship with God himself through his son, Jesus Christ. It's a message that burns inside of our heart and it's a message that we cannot be quiet about. Can you say amen? How many of you brought your Bibles today? Father, anoint your word. We are hungry for more of you. So anoint this word today, give us ears to hear, and let the flame that is inside of us spread like a wildfire. Lord, that we would truly see revival, not only in our hearts, but in this community, in this nation, and around the world. Help us, O oh God, to be obedient to your word, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but the temperature's dropped. How many can rejoice in that? It's like 85 degrees now. It's wonderful, it's amazing. And so in Florida, when the temperature drops to 85 degrees, I don't know about you, but you go to Publix. I was just at the tractor store on Friday night on my date night, going in the tractor store. And outside, outside there's wood everywhere. 
firewood. People in Florida love a bonfire. And when it gets so cold at 85 degrees, we are buying wood. And with, with a fire, if you've ever gone to a bonfire, there's people that are there that just, they're observers. And they're looking at the fire. And they're warming up their cold hands because it's so, so cold at 85. And they're, mo you know, they're doing their s'mores and they're just, oh, this is so beautiful. Oh, I love a good fire. But then there's also people that are obsessed with making that fire bigger, <laughs> making that fire stronger, making sure that fire is not going to go out. There's a guy who used to be on staff here. His name was Sam Woodward. We would go to camp with Sam Woodward. He would build a campfire that was probably 40 foot high and 50 feet wide. And he would look at this and it would blow this. We'd have to like students back away. Everybody 100 yards away from this fire. We don't want anybody dying because of this fire. But his mission was to make that fire as big and as strong as possible. That was his mission. What is our mission when it comes to our faith? Are we just observers? And we watch and we look at other people and we listen to our podcasts. And maybe you come and you see one of the pastors up here sharing the word. That's so good. That's so wonderful. But then we take the word that's inside of us and we walk out into our world. Every one of you have your world that you are in that you are assigned to make a difference. Are you a observer or are you a participator in the faith of Jesus Christ? Because it's not some of us that are called to share the flame that's in us. As believers, all of us are called to share our faith with others. Colossians chapter four, starting verse three. It says, and pray for us too, that God may open a door of our mess for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. This is Paul talking here. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of, every, say every, every opportunity. Let your conversation be always. It doesn't say sometimes. It doesn't say when you're on a mountaintop. It doesn't say when you feel like it. It says, let our conversation always be full of grace and seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. A message that's filled with grace, but seasoned with salt. When I'm telling you to share the flame and share your faith with others, I'm not telling you to compromise the sin of the people around you. Some people, they go, well, I'm a missionary. I'm a missionary evangelist in the world, in my world. And so what I do is I just go out, I party with everyone. At the end of the night, I'm feeling it, they're feeling it. I'm like, hey, yo, Jesus loves you, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm never telling you to compromise your godliness, your holiness, but to be one that rises above of how the world looks, how the world lives, how the world talks. The Bible describes it as being set apart. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're in this world to make a difference, but the Bible describes us as aliens. I'm looking at a bunch of aliens in this place today. We're aliens that are just passing through because this isn't our home. 
We're passing through to make a difference. And every day we have with other people around us is another day that we get to share our faith and populate heaven and populate heaven. Let me show you a picture of this wonderful, wonderful lady. This is Marilyn and TC. This lady right here, how many have seen her greet you at the front door? She's been in our church for more than 30 some years. I considered her one of the mothers of countryside. She went to be with the Lord this past week. And let me tell you, I've never met someone more ready for heaven than Marilyn NTC. Someone that loved people well, loved people with a true heart. Every time I would see her, she'd grab my cheeks. <laughs> and she'd go, I'm so proud of you. You're doing such a good job, Pastor Glenn. I just love you. You are so handsome. And I said, Marilyn, let's just stop there. Let's just stop there. That's a, that's a good thing. But something that Marilyn had, she had a flame inside of her. And she couldn't contain it. And so here she was in her late 80s. Every single person she came in contact with, she shared the love of Jesus with. She would have a prayer that was printed. She had stacks of these prayers that she would give to every single person she came in contact with because she said to me, I may be old, but I ain't done. And as long as I'm here, every day is a gift from God for me to share his love with other people. A few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Pastor Andrew was talking about visiting someone in hospice. That was, that was Marilyn. And in hospice, she was sharing with every single person she came in contact with. She shared that, he shared that in first service. Second service, a guy comes up to Pastor Tim, looking around, it was obvious that he'd never been here. And he comes to Pastor Tim and he goes, hey, just want you to know, um, I was invited by a lady in hospice. I'm a hospice nurse. And it, her name's Marilyn Antisi. And that's why I'm here. I'm here because this lovely woman reached out to me. In her dying days, there's a woman this morning that came up to me and she goes, I'm here because of Marilyn. I don't want you tripping. Oh. I thought I was getting attacked. I was ready though, man. I'm ready. Come on. I'm ready to go. Thank you, security, for being so alert on that. That's good. All right. <laughs> so a woman came in this morning, she tears in her eyes. She said, Here we were caring for Marilyn, but yet everyone in that place felt that, that she was there to care for them. What a testimony of what it means to share the flame inside of you with every opportunity that God gives you. So today, I wanna give you three points, three things that you can do on how to be an effective witness to share your faith and to share the flame that's inside of you. Number one, how do you share your faith? Through your actions. Through your actions. The way that you live matters. People around you, they are watching you. When you guys are leaving at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning and you're looking so fine, they know you're not going to McDonald's, you're going to church. That's a witness to them. But when you look at your life, does your lifestyle match what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Your life 
matters. The way that you live matters. One of the largest complaints that people say about church people and about Christians, oh, they say one thing and they live something different. Oh, they're such a bunch of hypocrites. Listen, how we live, how we speak, how we handle adversity, how we handle the way that we speak about others, are we one to speak and be gossipy? Are we one to speak and edify people around us? That's the kind of people that represent Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. A tree will be recognized by its fruit. So what fruit are you bearing? The Bible says that we are known by our fruit, but it's based on the tree. How is the tree of your life and your lifestyle and the way that you live, because how all those things add up together is what bears fruit of goodness, kindness, caring, love. All of those things matter and people are watching how you live. That's what we're known by. Are you known as an angry person? Are you known as a short-tempered person? Oh, Pastor Nolan, it's just the way I am. I'm just short-tempered. It's the way my, my dad was short-tempered. I yell, he yelled at people. I yell at people. No, 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 no. Christ changes everything. You can break the generational curse, whatever that may be, in a moment. Well, my, my family, they were all alcoholics. Oh, my family was all bound in addiction. It's just the way it is. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yes, it does in Jesus' name. You can change that in a moment. The way that you live shows to others what Christ has done in the very core of who you are. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Christ that's inside of you is what brings hope to other people. So no, how you live matters. Number two, how to be effective witness for Christ and to share that flame with others You'll do that through your love. It's the most important thing that we do. God is love. And when we say we're gonna love God and we're gonna love people, listen, that's something that we work at hard here at Countryside. We not, may not get everything just right, we do our best, but something we wanna get right, we want people to feel the love of Christ through us. These are the words of Jesus in John chapter 13. Starting in verse 34, it says, now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love one another. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So when people think of you and talk about you, do they say that's a person of grace? That's a person of of love, that's a person of kindness, because all of those things matter to Jesus. The most impactful way that you will be effectively reaching others with the flame that's inside of you, the catalyst for that is always going to be love. It's love that leads people to truth. It's the love that leads people that's inside of us, and people know it, they see it, how many of your friends that you know are walking with and you know there's something different about them? 
There's people in your life, they're looking at you and they're saying, there's something different about them. There's just something different. What that difference is, is Jesus Christ inside of you, which births the fruit of love. It's not a fake love. It's not a phony love. It's a real love. It's a deep love. It's a, a love that cares through adversity. First Peter chapter four, starting in verse seven. It says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and be sober-minded so that you may pray above all. Everyone say above all. Above. Say it again louder. Above. Oh, that countryside, come on now. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, without grumbling, without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. To be hospita hospitable, to be caring when you're busy, to take a moment right then to stop and to show love and to pray. When people walk through the doors and they tell me they have a prayer need, I'm not like, hey, I'll pray about it and then never pray. I'm like, let's pray right now. Let's pray right now. Let's take a moment, let's pray right now. Because God's there and he wants to be with you. People need to know that you care. Let me show you a picture of this lady. This is Tabitha Butler. Tabitha Butler is one of our congregants in South Tampa. Let me tell you a little bit about Tabitha Butler's ministry. She's got a ministry of love for the least of these. Something that she has done in South Tampa for literally years. Every single Friday, she goes into the South Tampa kitchen and she cooks a hot meal for the homeless in that community and people that are hurting, that don't have money to buy food, and she does it not one time. It's easy to do that on Thanksgiving Day. She does it every single Friday. And let me tell you, when you are hungry, when your stomach is empty, and someone gives you a hot meal that looks, oh, I'm a little hungry right now. That looks like taters. I love some mashed potatoes with gravy. But this is for you. You know what Tabitha Butler's doing? She's being Jesus to the community of South Tampa. I want you to know, there's another thing that South Tampa does that's a, an amazing thing. They have, it's called Closed Cottage. And they literally give away hundreds of pieces of clothes every single month to people that don't have clothes. So if you're hungry and you don't have clothes to wear and you walk into a church that sees the face of a Tabitha Butler looking at them with a smile on their face saying, God bless you. And you hand them a hot meal. That's changing lives. One life at a time. So how do we show our, our, our faith and share the flame that's inside of us? Through our actions, through our love. Number three is through your story. Through your story. Every single one of you in this place that is a Christ follower today, you are lost, but now you're found. You are broken, but now you're healed. You are blind, but now you see. And it's a story that's yours, 
It's a story that's personal. It's a story that will touch people going through the same things that you've gone through, but yet you're on the other side of it. Tell your story. Tell the people around you what God has done. I look at my life and I think, oh my goodness, God, you've been so good. You've been so faithful. In my brokenness, your strength has been made perfect in my life. There's an old song that says, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Remember that, some of you old timers? He touched my body, he healed my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm gonna praise his name. Okay, that's good. And now you know why I'm not on the worship team. Amen, amen, amen. But your story matters. What Jesus has done in your life, it matters. And it's your story specifically that will lead certain people to Jesus Christ. Don't discount what God has done in your life. Revelation chapter 12, starting in verse 11. It says, and they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when they, they did not love their life even when faced with death. I don't know about you. God's done some amazing things in my life. Why do I tell my stories almost every week? Somewhere, I'm telling you my story because my story matters. It's my story. I'm passionate about what God has done. In my weakest of moments, God didn't give up on me. He lifted me up. He did a miracle in my brain in 2016 that shocked me back to life. I was blind but now I see. You are blind, but now you see. There are people around you that will receive the message of your story, and it will make a huge difference. God's waiting on us. He's there. He's faithful. He's waiting for us to just be obedient, not with rudeness, not with a, not with a bullhorn, but with love with kindness, with the way that we live, with the way that we love, and with the way that we share what God has done in our life. First John chapter five, verse nine, says if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For the testimony of God is this, that he has testified concerning his son. Church, God's doing something great right now in our church. And I want you to know how he's doing it. It's, it's, not, it's not because of me. I'm the same guy. I've been doing this in this church for 40 years. He's doing it because you're the church. You're responding. You're taking the fire that's inside of you. And you're sharing it with others. And what happens as you share that? then others get that, their lives are changed, their story matters, and then they tell someone, and others get that, and their lives change, and they tell their story. Look what the Lord has done. I was blind, but now I see. And God is just at the beginning of what he wants to do in you and through you as you share that flame that is so bright inside of you 
with the people around you that are just your people in your world to change eternities forever. In Jesus' name, amen. How many received that word today? Amen. Lord, you see our hearts. We love you so much. You're so good. You're so faithful to us. I pray, Lord, for those that may have come into this place hurting, that you would bring healing to brokenness, healing to loss, healing to grief. I pray in Jesus' name that you would wrap your arms around each and every person in this place, that you would be glorified in us and through us in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just before we dismiss this morning. If you're here today and you, you hear me passionately talking about the relationship with Jesus Christ that is so personal, that's so loving, that's so caring. Maybe you don't have that intimate, personal relationship. That's why Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross so that you would know him. He stood in the gap for our sin. The man that knew no sin became sin itself so that we could know and be the righteousness of God. He's got a plan for you, but it's up to you to take the first step to say yes to Jesus Christ. And when you say yes, let me tell you, Jesus Christ is right there at the door of your heart. He knocks, just waiting for you to open the door so that he might come in. And when Jesus comes in, everything changes. If you're here today, you wanna to be included in this prayer today before we dismiss, I'm gonna to count to three. When I count to three, just raise your hand up high. I'm gonna pray for you. And I believe that today is gonna to be a new day for you. One, two, three. Raise your hand if that's you today. You want, yes, 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 thank you, yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, yes. Hands all over, what a beautiful thing. I was blind, but now I see. Many of you came into this place blind and you're gonna leave with spiritual sight like no other. Can we all pray for the sake of all those that raise their hand? Let's pray today. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are. You gave your life so that I might have life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Today, I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Savior, my God, and truly my very best friend. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can we give the Lord a great praise offering today? Can we all stand together? Let's all stand together. Pastor Tim's gonna give us our blessing, but let me ask you before we leave today, how many wanna be used by God to share the flame that's inside of you? Anoint us, oh God, anoint us for our mission field in Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor Glenn. Thank you. Are you thankful for Pastor Glenn? Oh, yeah. Wow. So as the altar prayer team comes to the front, I wanna invite you to open your hearts to receive this blessing after we say this blessing, if you'd like prayer for any reason, come see one of these altar prayer team members. And if you raised your hand, and many people raised their hands today, we do have a book that we'd like to give you for free called A Fresh Start with God. So if you receive Jesus for the first time, please come up, this is our gift to you. But to receive your blessing now, open your hearts to the Lord. If you'd like, you can turn your palms upward in an attitude of receiving. May you be blessed this day with such a love for the lost. May you be blessed 
to have a passion to see those around you spend eternity with Jesus. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Have a wonderful Sunday and we love you, church.